This week, we're joined by some very special guests as we play the 2023 theme Park Life March Madness Bracket. Howdy, folks. Ah, there you are. And just in time. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. Today, I want to share with you some of our ideas for Disney World. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast with your hosts, Dewey, Ron, and Tony. Here, we love to talk about Walt Disney World, the way we remember it, how it's changed, and how and why we still enjoy frequenting the happiest place on earth. You may learn some facts you never knew before, and you may even return to your own memories of the Walt Disney World Resort. And hopefully, we can share these memories together. So come with us on a podcast journey as we reflect on the WDW Reflections Podcast. Please stand clear of the doors. Reflections. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the WDW Reflections Podcast, your unofficial guide through Disney World memories and their connections to the parks we know and love today. I am Dewey, one of the hosts of the show, and I'm coming to you from my home in Delaware. This is episode number 43 of the WDW Reflections Podcast. We thank y'all for being here with us. Before we get into this episode's main topic, we'd like y'all to connect with us through the show's social media accounts, and have the opportunity to become involved as a contributor to future shows. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube at WDW Reflections Podcast, and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. All right, with that out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. So we may look a little bit different to y'all today. Uh, <laughs> if you're watching us on the YouTube video, if you're just listening, we're going to sound a little different to you. So today, our good buddy Ron is unable to be with us. He's uh, actually on a cruise celebrating his wedding anniversary with his wife. So, Ron, hope you're having fun, man. We miss you. Congratulations. But, yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. Um, and uh, Melissa, if you're listening, I don't know how you do it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just kidding. Love you, Ron. So uh, instead of Ron, we brought in some, uh, some uh, pinch hitters, I guess you could say. So, with my good buddy Tony G in New York, his lovely wife Jen is with us today. So, Tony, Jen, howdy. Hey, what's up, Dewey? So, Jen is uh, uh, a gigantic Disney fan, uh, much like the rest of us are. And uh, I, we were catching up uh, before we started recording the show here a few right. minutes ago. And she was actually part of the that uh, Disney group that we were on back, way back in the day, the Mouse House, uh, right. Mouse of Mouse and everything. So we go way back, um, I guess, close to 20 years also. So exactly. it's very cool to have you on the show, Jen. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> uh, I can I could tell you are. We were having a lively <laughs> conversation before the, re before the recording started. And then those of you that have been listening to the show for a while, uh, we'll probably remember last, uh, probably the first week of April last year, we had a friend of the show, Aiden, come over from Theme Park Life, which is a Instagram and Facebook group 
on on those social media platforms. And uh, if you guys don't follow them, definitely check them out because it's a lot of fun. Lots of Disney and some other stuff, but mostly Disney um, uh, content on on the Facebooks and on the Instagram Instagrams and stuff. But our good buddy Aiden over at Theme Park Life does a Disney March Madness uh, bracket every year, uh, very similar to the March Madness college basketball uh, bracket. And uh, so last year it was just favorite rides and things like that, attractions. This year he changed it up a little bit and we're going to have him onto the show with us today. So Aiden... Welcome to the show. I'm going to let you introduce for the listeners that uh, maybe they weren't with us last year. You can introduce them to uh, your your page and uh, give them a little background on what the Disney March Madness uh, bracket challenge is, and then uh, and then we'll jump in. So, Aiden, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me back. Uh, so, yes, as you were mentioning. Every year, I like to do a Disney March Madness tournament. Uh, so this started on a different page that I run, my travel agent page. Uh, and so this is now the fifth year that we were doing it. And I decided this year, instead of doing current attractions, because all of the uh, sort of nostalgic extinct attractions always do so well on my page. Anytime I post or share about them or talk about them, people seem to really love it. So uh, that was this year's theme. So it's all extinct attractions. Um, I I chose 32 different attractions. Uh, tried to keep with the most popular options. And then uh, I, I put them in order. And uh, this year I spent a little bit less time seeding them uh, in terms of, you know, 1 to 32, what is the most popular, what is the least popular. And instead... I kind of tried to group the first round. Uh, I tried to group attractions together that were similar. So that way we could knock out some kind of redundant attractions right in the first round. And I think you're going to see that as we go through the first round. Now, I did post all of the matchups in my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. So that way everyone had an opportunity to vote. Uh, the the rules when it came to voting were uh, each person is entitled to one vote for each round, but you were allowed to vote in all three of those social media pages. So if you you know felt really passionate about one of the matchups, you could technically have had three votes in a round if you decided to go onto all three social media platforms. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's it. So we're just going to go through, uh, we're going to go through the tournament, the first round, and uh, I'm going to have each of you decide which one is going to move on to the next round. Uh, now, of course, it's going to get a little bit more complicated as we move on because, you know, not all of our second rounds are going to be the same or the third rounds and so on. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what each of you chose for your brackets. All right. And, and I was thinking that uh, I was a little worried as like, well, I've been voting on, uh, you know, I, I voted for all of the matchups on your page. And I was like, so this might be redundant. But then I was like, well, no, it's not going to be redundant because my bracket are my choices uh -huh. altogether. The, some of your, uh, some of your followers on, on Facebook and Instagram uh, made very bad choices and got the wrong, <laughs> uh, made the wrong choices. So my, some of my choices didn't make it through. So I had to work through that in my head for a minute, but then I was like, 
they're actually going to be very different because not everybody made the best choices like I did. Some of them, you know, some some of your followers are like my wife, for instance. Um, she loves to go on there and vote for the opposite one of mine and just <laughs> just make a comment canceling out Dewey's vote. And I'm like, stop it. So um, so I, I I had to put my mind at ease. I was worried that it would be redundant with, uh, you know, I, what we talk about here today. And then what what happened on your page? But it's really not because it they were probably going to turn out very different than um, you know when we compare our choices to what uh, you know how it was laid out on 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 your pages. So right, my mind has been put at ease. So and, and I think um, you're going to be surprised at some of the the results. You know, as we go through them, I know for myself some of them. Uh, I was surprised by I and, and I'll point it out as we go along. I, I was surprised in some cases with how popular certain attractions were. And then I was also surprised in some cases how close some of the, the matchups were. You know, some of them like expected to be complete blowouts ended up just, you know, being within a few votes of each other. So uh, it'll be fun to compare that to what each of you chose. Okay, awesome. So uh so Aiden, are you going to I, I know you're going to tell us. Uh, what the results were uh, from your page. Yes. Are you also going to tell us, I can't remember, I think we did it this way last year, that you're also going to tell us what your choices were and maybe it was going to be different than what 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 played out on on your, your accounts, right? That's right, yeah, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll pipe in as well. Awesome. And then Tony and Jen, are, did you guys do one collectively? Or are you no. Gonna... Okay, no, good. no, we each had them Okay, good. I like it. I like it. So, all right. Well, then uh, let's go ahead and get started. And Aiden, this is, uh, you know, this is a, a, the, your brainchild. So uh, if you're cool with it, I'm going to let you take over and, and introduce each round and, and we'll chime in with our votes. Okay, sounds great. So, uh, yeah, so what, what I did again is I picked 32 attractions and then, uh, you know, I, I did try to seed the obvious, what I consider to be the obvious top attractions in order. And then uh, I tried to match those up with, for the first round, the attraction that I thought would make the best pairing for that one. So uh, we're going to do this in the order that we did this on the page. So for the first round, we're going to do an order of seed. So it's going to be the number one seed against the number 32, the number, and then the number two against 31, and so on and so on. So we're going to have 16 matchups in this first round. So uh, what I chose to be the number one seed based on how popular it is anytime I post on about it on my page is Horizons. So Horizons is going up against what many people consider to be one of Disney's worst extinct attractions, Stitch's Great Escape. So I would love to know what each of you thought about this matchup and which one that you would pick. Uh, so uh, I would have picked, you know, probably, you know, uh, Tomorrowland bathroom uh, over Stitch's Great Escape. Uh, holy smokes, that was bad. But uh, so no brainer, no surprise. Horizons is moving on in this one for sure. I feel the same way. After all the discussion we've had about Horizons, I absolutely miss that. I do not miss Stitch's Great Escape. Jen? Yeah, well, uh, obviously Horizons is just no contest. If it had been the alien version, I would have had to give it some thought because especially the pre-show video was very well done. That's one of the best pre-shows of a ride ever. But I mean, hands down, Horizons, I could go on for five hours as to why. And I won't. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, obviously I would have gone with Horizons as well. So that one should be 
an easy one to do. Uh, now, when we uh, when we did this on the page, uh, let's see, the total votes uh, were Horizons got 165 votes and Stitches Great Escape got 20 votes. So I was a bit surprised that Stitches Great Escape did get 20 votes. Now, one thing uh, when I put this uh, tournament out there is I don't specify what I want people to vote on. You know, I, I don't say it has to be based on what you think is the superior traction. So, of course, some people might be voting from a nostalgic point of view. You know, maybe Stitches Great Escape, maybe they're a younger follower, and uh, it, it happened to be one of the first attractions that they went on on their first trip, you sure. know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And another thing that I noticed were a lot of people were voting based on which one they remember better or which mm -hmm. one they had been on more. Uh, so, of course, you're allowed to vote in whatever way you want. But, yeah, in, in this case, it was a bit of a blowout. So Horizons did move on. Uh, now, the next matchup is the number two seed, which is Journey into Imagination. Of course, this is the original version with Dreamfinder. And uh, that one is against the 31 seed, which is Superstar Television, which I don't know if everyone remembers well, but I definitely remember well. So this is a classic MGM Studios attraction, and uh, it's one where they would ask for volunteers from the audience and uh you know you would go up and they would put you in scenes from popular television shows uh while the rest of the audience and your family members and everyone watched so when i was a kid i know that i got to be picked twice in fact uh i was uh, on the bonanza segment and i was on the david letterman segment so this is definitely something that I have a lot of nostalgic feelings towards, but uh, in my personal opinion, uh, you can't really beat Journey into Imagination unless you're one of the really top attractions. So that's what I picked. Yeah. So for me, uh, I was also able to be on one of the scenes in Superstar Television when I graduated high school in 1992. And so my family, my graduation trip, we went to Disney World, of course. And uh, it was on that trip that uh, I got to be in the Cheers scene. So that was really cool. Uh, love Superstar Television. Uh, it unfortunately didn't last very long. I thought it was a lot of fun. But, I mean, going up against the original Figment and Dreamfinder and stuff, you know, it's it's obviously going to be Journey to Imagination. So that's what I put. Jen, you want to go first? Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, T-shirt, Figment. And as far as the Superstar TV thing goes, there was in the DreamWorks lab part of Figment, the second part that's now a DVC lounge, there was that type of experience where they would put you in a video. So yes. Figment's got that beat 100%. <laughs> and this will probably get cut, but one thing to say in Stitch's defense, although, you know, bad, um, is that in the pre-show, not Skippy, but the other alien, I always said if they had put, you know, human flesh on him, he would have been very scary because that robot was a highly advanced audio animatronic with very fluid motion and really good emotion too. Like he would have been a serial killer if you made him a human. He was <laughs> straight up spooky. So that's like uh, this AI stuff they're doing nowadays. Put the AI in that body, we would have the Terminator, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm right. also, so, Tony? I'm also going with Journey. Um, I have some fond memories like you guys of Superstar Television. I think I was on it once as well as I remember my dad uh, enjoying the uh, Howdy Doody segment. They, they switched to him quickly singing in the audience, and he, he talked about that for, for years. So, um, <laughs> uh, But Journey. Uh, I would love to see Figment the way it was again. So this was, uh, of the first round on my page, this was one of the biggest blowouts. So uh, 
Superstar Television received seven votes, and Journey into Imagination received 132 votes. That wow. one easily Woo-hoo! went through. So and great. like it's just it's unfortunate because of the seeding, because you know, Journey, it, it's hardly gonna beat any or hardly anything is gonna beat Journey. Mm-hmm. But Superstar Television was a great attraction, but it, you know. Figment come in with his boxing gloves on and just took Superstar Television out, right? You yeah. know, it's just, just, just how it goes sometimes. So the next matchup uh, is seed number three, which is the Great Movie Ride against uh, Sounds Dangerous. So another classic MGM Studios attraction. Now, of all of the attractions in the tournament, I believe the Great Movie Ride is the most recent one. And uh, that kind of makes it a little bit risky to even be in the uh, in the tournament. I considered leaving it out. For example, I also left out Splash Mountain because it was just too recent, and uh, we we haven't seen what its replacement is yet. So I didn't think it was fair to put it in this sort of tournament when we can't compare it to what replaced it. Uh, but yeah, so Great Movie Ride was one of the newest ones in the tournament. Uh, so it's a bit risky with the whole recency bias thing. You know, having people who are newer Disney fans who actually got to ride it and then asking them to compare it to other attractions, which some of which I'm sure they'd never even heard of before and possibly sounds dangerous as one of those. But that being said, for me, great movie ride would have moved on and that would have been my pick. Uh, Same here. Uh, Sounds dangerous was fun. You know, Drew Carey was funny back in the day. And, uh, but I definitely went with great movie ride in this one. Still miss great movie ride. Um, obviously great movie ride I mean it's just yeah (laughs) there isn't a lot you could say but I mean it's the best audio animatronics it's a great history and the show building itself is just a feat of imagineering so and it was always one of my favorite rides of all time so that that one goes to my the top of my list there so yeah, that one also moved on another huge blowout. It was uh, 147 votes for Great Movie Ride and six votes for Sounds Dangerous. <laughs> so uh, next one, our number four seed was Mr. Toad's Wild Ride against the Monster Sound Show. Again, in classic MGM Studios attraction. Uh, this one was a little bit of a tougher choice for me, uh, only because first, Monster Sound Show, I think, was kind of the uh, one of the attractions that best signified old MGM studios, kind of seeing how the magic is made. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a really funny show and, you know, had some audience participation. So when I think of old MGM, that's one of the attractions that I think of. Also, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, you can still ride in Disneyland. And so I think throughout the tournament, uh, spoiler alert, a lot of people use that against Mr. Toad's Wild Ride when it went up against some more difficult competition. But I still have some great memories of going on that ride. And it is wild uh, to think in a Disney park how that attraction ended. Uh, so, yes, that, that was my choice for this for this matchup. Aiden can ask so you, you really went with Go ahead, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Dewey. What, how can you describe the monster's uh, sound? I don't, it, it's not coming to me. So that was one where... Uh, it, it was mostly a, a video or a show attraction, uh, and it had uh, Martin Short, I believe, and Chevy Chase, and uh, it was sort of like black and white kind of comedy horror footage, and then they would get uh, volunteers from the audience to go on and 
provide sort of the foley work of oh right uh, putting the yeah putting the sound effects into the scene and a lot of it was kind of like set up to be silly and to kind of make the audience participants look silly so kind of like uh a lot of easy gags but uh it, it was still a lot of fun to watch okay and so i love mr toad but uh, I remember, so 89 is when the MGM Studios opened, and so I was, let's see, I, I graduated in 92, so 89 would have been like 15 or something. So, you know, right in the middle of my teens and stuff, loved Disney, MGM was so exciting. I loved all of the aspects of, you know, you were in the movies, they were showing you how you mm-hmm. can, how they made movies and stuff, and that was magical to me when I was a kid, so... I absolutely loved the Monster Sound Show. I mean, first of all, you, how are you going to go wrong with Martin Short and Chevy Chase? I mean, yeah. that's just that it's it's guaranteed to be good. And that was right around their like Three Amigos yeah. days and stuff. Yeah. So you know they were huge stars then. And what I liked about Monster Sound Show is it was different every time you did it because now the movie didn't change, but it was new uh, guests doing the sound. So sometimes they some people took it really seriously and tried to make it as close as possible. And then others were just knuckleheads and just way off. And then that was hilarious. So that could be enjoyed over and over again. So as much as I love Mr. Toad, uh, I actually went with monster sound show on this one. Um, Well, I went with Mr. Toad. I am a old fantasy land sort of person. And I don't like the things where they say we're showing you how we make movies, but then they're just being silly. So, Mr. Toad. Uh, I chose Mr. Toad as well, but um, I barely remember uh, the monster show, as I mentioned here. But I do now that you mentioned it, I do. But I, I would I would pick Mr. Toad. All right. So on the page, uh, Monster Sound Show only received four votes and Mr. Toad received 102 votes. So, so far, all of the top four seeds went through with absolutely no issues. And uh, within our little group, we only have one deviation and uh, that's Dewey. So uh, no big surprise there. Apparently I was one of the four. (laughs) I was standing alone on that one. Lone wolf on that one, man. So number five should be an easy one for Dewey. And uh, the number five seed is World of Motion. And that went up against Body Wars. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people remember Body Wars fondly. It was the first of the kind of movie ride simulator type attractions at Walt Disney World. It was in the Wonders of Life Pavilion. And uh, I I have some fond memories of it, uh, in part that uh, it it was one of the first times I saw my mom get kind of close to being sick on a ride. (laughs) And uh, I I remember it amused me at the time. And now that I'm uh, the age that she was when we went on it, I completely (laughs) understand. And uh, and from looking back at some of the uh, the old footage and, you know, the Imagineering story and things like that, I, I realize now that because it was such a new technology at the time, they hadn't quite perfected it yet. Yeah. So uh, I I know that a lot of people got sick on it and uh, they had to sort of tone down the movements. And of course, Body Wars is what led to the creation of Star Tours and a lot of other motion simulator type rides. So, uh, but that being said, personally, and I'm sure Dewey's going to talk a lot more about it, uh, I picked World of Motion because I just love sort of those slow moving omni mover rides with lots of animatronics. Body Wars was great, uh, you know, and uh, my mom is, uh, it sounds like you, your mom and my mom may be similar. She's not a thrill seeker at all. 
Um, I've got her to ride Tower of Terror once. Uh, I think she rode Body Wars once, you know, not a thrill seeker. Uh, but uh, so I think my mom was uh, in the same boat as your mom. She probably didn't really enjoy it and and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, World of Motion, it's been well documented uh, on, on the show that that is my all time favorite attraction. So this thing was going to, you know, it didn't matter what it was against. It was going to win. But World of Motion's got everything, dude. The, the music is genius in that thing. It You know, it's the same song. But it that song travels through the eras as well. So it's a, you know, 50s doo-wop and it's, you know, it just it's amazing. And and then the the tongue in cheek narration and then the five billion animatronics that were in that ride. Uh, just one of the best things that Disney has ever done. It was a it, it was a, a masterpiece, a work of art. Uh, and I do enjoy Test Track, but every single time I'm on Test Track, I was like, Sure wish I was riding World of Motion. So <laughs> World of Motion wins this one. Um, well, I do appreciate the technology of simulator rides, and I love simulator rides. It, it's got to be World of Motion for all the things that Dewey said. Anything with audio animatronics. I mean, I could sit in Paul, Hall of Presidents all freaking day. Um, just love it all. But one of the things about World of Motion that separates it from a lot of other rides on this is this is one of the original Epcot rides that they brought the the original Imagineers out of retirement to do. And that those Imagineers like Joe Rohde, who trained under the original Imagineers, went to do. And World of Motion in particular, you've got a lot of Mark Davis stuff in it. I mean, it's just going to win hands down. Yeah, I think you guys have said it all. I mean, World of Motion, definitely. Perfect. All right. So I'm sure we're going to talk about it more in the coming rounds. But on the page, uh, Body Wars actually received 35 votes and World of Motion received 107. So uh, of, of the top seeds, this is the first one that got a pretty reasonable amount of votes against it, but it's still won by 72. So World of Motion moves on to round number two. Now, uh, the number six seed was 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and that's going up against Magic Journeys, which... Uh, I'm sure most of you remember, but Magic Journeys was a 3D movie, which uh, I believe uh, sort of moved between Epcot and Magic Kingdom. It had a, a really great uh, soundtrack, and uh, it, it did eventually lead to Captain EO opening up in the Imagination Pavilion. And uh, this is one of those that I found, based on the voting, it seemed to be a big age gap in that I think people who first rode 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea when they were little kids and kind of believed the illusions that they were seeing have a real fondness for it, whereas people who were a little bit older when they went on it uh, and kind of understood what was actually going on and and the illusions that they were actually seeing weren't quite as mystified by it. But personally, uh, I did really like it because I was that age that uh, I, I really believed I was in a submarine and looking at actual, uh, you know, fishes and, and you know, all, all the things that had sunk in. So for me, it was 20,000 leagues under the sea. Yeah, so I was, I can't remember if, I rode this on my 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, by the way. Uh, if I rode it on my first trip or my second trip, it was either 85 or 86. So I would have been 11 or 12 years old either way. So I don't think I was in that. I was young enough to be like, ooh, Fantasyland. I believe it. You know, I don't think I was that. 
And so maybe I was getting into that uh, cynical t- teenager, whatever, but it was styrofoam fish on strings, man. Uh-huh. And, and I waited for two, the longest line I have ever waited <laughs> in Disney World, a two hour wait for fish on strings. <laughs> so I wrote it one time and I hated it. And I was like, I'm never going on this thing again. And I didn't. Uh, so I'm definitely going magic journeys on this one, dude. You, that soundtrack was so like groovy, you know, it was yeah. just like, it was super cool. Um, and, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of styrofoam fish on strings. So <laughs> magic journeys goes through. Um, well, I have to disagree with you on that one. Oh, the I, first time we've disagreed. I yes. know, I know. I, I, I'm voted for 20, you know, styrofoam fish. Um, well, for one, <laughs> for one thing, I have an astigmatism, so I can't see traditional 3D. It, the red, oh. I, I can see the polarized ones like Muppets. So that's like blew my mind when I could actually finally see 3D. Um, so yeah, Magic Journey's out just for that reason. 20,000 <laughs> Leagues Under the Sea. I unfortunately never got to ride it, although I was in Disney the same time you were, but I don't know why we didn't hide it. Maybe it was down. because you were smarter than me and didn't wait for two <laughs> hours. That's why. But I have great admiration for it because for one thing, you put all these people underwater in a tin can and they don't die. That's pretty cool. You got to say that. Um, <laughs> so and- is that how we're, is that how we're qualifying good tractions now? If you didn't die, die. on it, yeah, it's good. Know. It's good. Well, you know, I mean, that's what makes Splash Mountain so good because it's a flume ride, but yet it has that whole mountain around it rather than what you would get at just a regular amusement park. That's one of the things about the Disney magic. So yeah, tin can don't die. Good thing. And plus, it's one of the original Disneyland attractions, which went through all the phases from actually having girls in mermaid costumes down there you know and it's based on the Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea film and jules verne which was one of walt disney's favorite authors so yeah gotta be gotta be Twenty Thousand leagues yeah and i agree for the for the latter part of what you said because it was one of walt disney's um original things and 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 something that i I associate with him i remember as a kid i I believe we used to have a model kit of the um i can't think of the ship there's a nemo nautilus nautilus yeah nautilus but uh, yeah. So I, I, my vote is for that. Yeah, and uh, and you know most of the people agreed with you. Uh, so that one was nineteen votes for Magic Journeys and uh, ninety six votes for Twenty Thousand Leagues. Now I will mention. Uh, that during all the matchups, I did put YouTube videos of all of the rides. So I tried to find the best ones possible. Uh, most one, most of them were from Martin's videos, but some others were from other sources. So at least if you found yourself in a position where you hadn't been on one or either of them, you could at least get a feel for what these attractions were like. So 20,000 Leagues moves on. So again, uh, all the favorites so far had moved on by quite a big margin. So I did warn you that uh, some of these matchups were kind of paired together on purpose. And this was one of those cases. So the number seven seed is Maelstrom, which was in Epcot's Norway Pavilion. And I paired that in the first round with El Rio del Tiempo, which was in Epcot's Mexico Pavilion. So both of these had been replaced. Uh, but it wasn't a huge change in the actual ride uh, mechanics and the track itself. It was more of a retheming. Uh, 
personally, I picked Maelstrom, though I did love both of these attractions. In fact, I probably love them both equally. But for me, I picked Maelstrom because I felt that the replacement of Maelstrom was a more drastic change than the replacement of El Rio del Tiempo. I think that uh, the Three Caballeros attraction uh, really retains a lot more of the original spirit of El Rio del Tiempo than uh, Frozen Ever After does of Maelstrom. And I know that uh, for a lot of Epcot purists, uh, you know, they, they were very unhappy with kind of bringing in this sort of fictional land of Arendelle into the real country of Norway. Uh, but I still happen to enjoy Frozen Ever After. So uh, either way, I did choose Maelstrom. Uh, yeah, so adding three caballeros to, and I never say that word correctly, uh, adding them to the the Mexico ride, you know, El Rio del Tempio, that was, you know, uh, the Mexico ride. Uh, <laughs> It, it it didn't change a whole lot. You still got, you know, you're still in the pyramid. You still got, um, you know, the 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 it's a small world version or whatever. It kind of looks like it's a small world. So it's it's still pretty good. And it still reminds me of old school Epcot. Uh, the travesty that is Frozen Ever After <laughs> in uh, Epcot is uh, almost a crime against humanity. Thank you. It's a great totally. attraction. It's a great attraction. <laughs> Frozen's one of the best Disney movies ever. Music's great. Love it. Uh, it just doesn't belong in Epcot. And darn sure it doesn't belong in World Showcase. Mm -hmm. So I believe Aiden referred to Epcot purists. I should probably have that tattooed on my body. Uh, I am definitely an Epcot purist. And Maelstrom was a great attraction. I remember getting the video cassette. Uh, planning video and, and finding out that you know because there was no internet you know we didn't we didn't have the way to find stuff out you either found out from the video the planning video or from the burn bombs guide so i remember finding out through that planning uh, vhs tape that they were you know that it was finally going to be opened and uh, and they build it as a thrill ride. And and I was, I don't know, again, I think that was probably around 89 or 90 when that came, when that came to the World Showcase. And so I was 11, 12 years old, 13. So I don't know. Uh, and I was scared to go on Maelstrom the first time because they made it sound like this crazy river rapid ride, you know. Um, and although it didn't turn out to be that. It was another Imagineer masterpiece, you know, how they managed to squeeze in Vikings and oil rigs. And it all made sense. Like, I, <laughs> what? Yeah. but it did. It worked. And I even loved the movie at the end. Uh, you know, I, I loved everything about it. And uh, even though Frozen Ever After is technically a good attraction, it would be a fantastic attraction if it was at the studios. So, um Maelstrom gets my right gets my vote. Well, I completely agree with all of that. I think Anna and Elsa belong in Fantasyland. They certainly do not belong in Norway because they're not even from a real country. Hello. Um, I love the original Mexico ride, but I love Donald. So and they managed to keep the spirit of the original Mexico ride in there. I think one of the best things which no one gives that ride credit for is when you look over the side of the boat. Now Donald's snorkeling, but it used to just be I think it was a human snorkeling. I know you could always see yes. the fish. 
I thought that was so cool. And also the funny guy trying to sell you hats that would travel along with the boat. I thought the way they had that synced was very cool. So there's great things about that ride, but they do remain. Maelstrom was basically obliviated, which is just another crime against humanity. And it, it was it was a great ride from beginning to end. Total Epcot. I mean, you had the mural in the beginning that showed Norway throughout the ages. You had the Viking in his Mickey ears. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. And you had polar bears and puffins and then going backwards and almost out of the riot, the show building and then down the fall. I know the track is the same for Frozen, but, you know, um, and then going down the waterfall and splashing in with the oil rigs. And when you get off at the dock, it was like a little Norway fishing village which tied right into the movie of the kid with his little wooden boat i mean it, it was perfect perfect epcot of teaching you through something that was you know a fun ride a family ride it was just quintessentially what walt would have done it was just perfect so and what's weird about the Maelstrom is that it was located in a spot that you wouldn't necessarily think that that's a, a ride or a, a thrill of any kind, uh, especially if you're not familiar with the parks, if you're just casually strolling through Epcot, especially back in the 80s uh, or, or early 90s, you would have thought, oh, okay, there's a nice waterfall there. I wonder what's in there. You don't you don't necessarily think it's going to do what it does. And and I remember being taken aback during my first visit where my, my nieces and nephews had been on it already kind of tricked me and they said you know you, you've got to get on this thing it's going to be a nice little ride and when it went backwards i think i nearly lost it <laughs> it, it was a, it was a lot of fun but my vote actually goes to real del tempo did you vote yeah. which one which one did i you said maelstrom oh maelstrom okay uh mine goes to rio um i i love the three caballeros and it's my one of my favorite uh disney movies and I love the the implementation of it, but I would love also to go back to the way that the the ride was in its uh, in its early days. I, I, it wasn't that much of a difference, like you guys said. Yeah, so. this was a this was a hard. One. It was very subtle, uh, uh, much of a difference. But I I do um, I, I do miss that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think El Rio del Tiempo into Three Caballeros felt more like an overlay, whereas mm -hmm. uh, Maelstrom into Frozen After, Ever After feels like a whole new attraction. So uh, mm -hmm. so yes, it it seems like. Uh, the people on the page agreed with most of you. So uh, in this case, Maelstrom received 120 votes and El Rio received 13. So uh, over the falls with El Rio because Maelstrom moves <laughs> on to the next round. I see what you did there. <laughs> so the next one is a classic Epcot Center against classic Magic Kingdom. So we have Cranium Command, which is the number eight seed against the Magic Kingdom Skyway. And, uh, you know, in, in this case, it was a very easy decision for me. I really loved Cranium Command. You know, it, it sort of blended uh, an audio animatronic element along with videos of some of my favorite uh, sort of comedic celebrities at the time. I thought it was a really great story. Did an excellent job of sort of doing that classic Epcot Center uh, edutainment sort of thing. I think it was a really clever way to do it. I loved the pre-show. Uh, I loved everything about this attraction. And, uh, you know, I, I assume that everyone else on the page would as well. Uh, against Magic Kingdom Skyway, which I think was really cool visually, sort of that uh, kind of that kinetic energy of like seeing something moving in the upper part of your your 
peripheral vision was really neat. Uh, but personally, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, you know, I, I, I felt like it was more of a transportation mode rather than an attraction. There wasn't any like narration or background music the way there is on the People Mover, for example. I thought it was very slow moving. Uh, I thought it was limiting for anyone with disabilities. Um, and there are also issues with, for example, I know I, I was too young to remember it, but I've been told that when I was really little, uh, I guess there was a big sudden windstorm while my family was on it. So they had to stop oh. it and then they had to call in the fire department. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, they had to come in with the trucks and ladders and one by one go by and evacuate people that way. So uh, now, again, I'm not traumatized by it. I don't have any <laughs> memories of that. But keeping that in mind, I don't think it was necessarily a great attraction uh, compared to Cranium Command, which I think was a great attraction. So that's why I chose Cranium Command. So uh, I think my reason uh, for not picking Cranium Command is because uh, – I think I only did it once or twice. Um, and so I don't think I ever developed that, you know, that nostalgia or that love for it. Uh, really, I think I only saw it one time. I can only remember doing it one time. And uh, and pro I, I only remember doing the Skyway once or twice also. But uh, I remember that I was fascinated with the, how a theme park was how a theme park operated and how it was designed and stuff when i was a kid i i was just a, a giant nerd i guess but so being on the skyway and being able to see like backstage and stuff or seeing on top of the buildings he was like hey it's not really a castle you know um uh, <laughs> that just fascinated me so uh i remember being on the skyway and just being like oh look at that oh hey look a parking lot oh you know it was just i was just you know fascinated by all that so uh, it's not that it was a magical ride, you know, you were you were hanging from a wire in a in a in a square, you know, but I just enjoyed that being able to see behind the scenes kind of stuff. So I went with uh, Skyway on this one. Well, I was never on either, um, but I went with Skyway on this one because Buzzy just creeps me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing that I like about I'm definitely afraid of heights. But the thing that I do like about Skyway is like Dewey was saying that you get to see that sort of behind the scenes, how it's put together. I love the aerial views of the park. I think that is a great thing. And I also was a geeky little 10 year old. My favorite thing was Ronald Reagan tapped his foot. He was sitting there with his legs crossed. And Hall of Presidents. And yes. he tapped his foot. And that just blew my mind because I'm like, somebody had to think of that and program that in. Like that detail, I just, so yeah, I was a weird kid. I, I knew what the hydrolator was and I thought that was really fun the way that somebody thought to do that is shooting the bubbles up. Yeah, so weird kid. But I, I like that. And also another thing is it's Disneyland because Disneyland had the same ride. And I like the fact that it's recreated because everybody can't travel the whole world. I wish we had Tokyo Sea here. That would be just completely awesome because I'm never going to be able to see that in person in my entire life. And just ugh. so I like the Skyway for the two things behind the scenes and because it's one of the Disneyland originals that they moved here for us to enjoy as well. Yeah, in my case, I'm a little bit older than you guys. So I think uh, when I saw Cranium Command, I didn't see it as something that I particularly would have thought that I would enjoy at the time. I I, I think I, I will lean toward the Skyway. I, I'm also not too fond of heights, but I got myself um, 
Uh, one day I went into the park all by myself. Uh, my family didn't uh, didn't want to come that day. And I said, I'm going to do every single ride of the Magic Kingdom. And I actually did. I got there as early as I could. And I dared myself to just try and do as many as possible, including the Skyway. And I'll never forget that day when I was up there and, and uh, getting to see the whole park from that vantage point, considering that I was um, not fond of heights. So Skyway gets my vote. So, so far in the tournament, none of the matchups have had a uh, anything closer than about 70 or so votes deciding between them. So there have been a lot of blowouts. In this case, Skyway did move on, and it was only by 14 votes. And this oh, wow. was the first uh, matchup where there was a lot of really wow. passionate going back and forth. And uh, I, I know that a lot of people did actually go on to all three social media platforms because they really wanted wow. their favorite to win. So yes, uh, Skyway did end up just barely squeaking by creating command in this round. Interesting. Yeah. So we're now halfway through the opening round. And uh, this next one, number nine, is one where I, again, tried to pair up two attractions that I thought really went against each other well, so we could get rid of one of them and move on. So the number nine uh, seed was the Studios Backlot Tour. Now, this could be whatever version you want it to be. It could be the original one, which was the much longer version that sort of incorporated both the tram and the walking tour. Or if you didn't have a chance to go on that one, it could be the later, shorter version. And this goes up against the Magic of Disney animation attraction, which, you know, you might remember was in the animation building where you could see actual Disney animators working on actual future feature length animated projects. And it had that great video with Robin Williams and uh, Walter Cronkite. Mm -hmm. So th this one was a difficult one for me, but personally I went with the backlot tour. I really liked that original version with sort of the, the walking part. I remember going through and seeing them filming, I think it was the uh, Alice in Wonderland live action TV show. And I remember that part where your tram goes through sort of the, the costume department and you see actual people working on things. And of course, Catastrophe Canyon and uh, seeing, you know, the the facades of the houses like the, uh, the Golden Girls house. And I think the Empty Nest house was there as well. So mm -hmm. lots of kind of random things like that. So that's why I chose the Backlot Tour. Yeah, I the animation one uh, was, was okay. It was pretty cool, but I can't draw. So uh, and I'm horrible at that. So I, I guess I never really developed a love or an interest in animation. But like I said, I was a, a big nerd for like liking to see how things were made and how things were done and stuff. So I loved the the backlot tour and i loved it was like seven hours long man you you rode on it for four hours then you walked for four hours or something uh obviously i'm exaggerating but like it was it was like two hours or something really long uh, but i i loved it i ate it up every minute of it so i definitely went with the backlot tour on this one i remember just seeing again vhs video of, of, of catastrophe canyon we were just mm. like oh my god the truck blows <laughs> up you know <laughs> We were just so excited for that. So uh, definitely went with the Backlot Tour on this one for me. Yeah, I, I went with Backlot as well. It was, this was, like Aiden said, it was a tough one. Um, Tony had a really good experience with the animation one. I, by the time I got to do it, it was all shut down. So it was just, you know, here, draw Goofy. Woo! Um, 
<laughs> I didn't get to see the working studio thing. I love the backlot tour, even though I got to see most of the lousy part of it, but because um, I saw it later in time. But Catastrophe Canyon is a fun ride in and of itself. And you get this fun ride in the middle of, as um, Aiden pointed out, the costume department. I, I've seen that on the videos, just like you were talking about, Dewey. That would have been amazing. Um, you get the earful tower that they took down that, oh my God, I can't even start with the, ah, how could you do that? Um, the earful tower, you get to see, you know, the backstage part. And at that time they were actually doing stuff at the studios. So it really was being backstage. They weren't faking it. Cause as I mentioned earlier, I hate when they say, we're going to show you how it's made and then they're faking. So that wasn't fake. And just the props outside were just mind-blowing and every time you went on it you saw something different and it drove me crazy that they were allowing it the boneyard to just rust and disintegrate but you had walt disney's plane which thank goodness they've now resurrected you had um uh, one of the dinosaurs from that dinosaur movie it's probably called dinosaur because i can't think of the title of it um and the star, star wars rides star wars, uh, ships i don't remember seeing the star wars yeah. ships but what i do remember seeing is the flight of the navigator ship oh yeah, yeah. and i saw that part of that movie when I was homesick once on HBO or Cinemax. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really cool movie. And then I'm on the backlot tour and there's that ship. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know anybody else on earth had ever even heard of that movie. <laughs> and, you know, so it, it was really cool because you never knew what you were going to see. And the Golden Girls house, and it must've been Empty Nest because they were neighbors. That was a little spinoff thing. You know, seeing the house sets and stuff. It, there was just so, so much packed into that one attraction. Well, back to my first visits of uh, to uh, the Disney World itself. Uh, my favorite park was Disney MGM Studios, so I would often go there for the idea that it was a a working studio at the time, and it had elements in it that would take you sort of behind the scenes. And I, I really loved that more than anything else there. And and as Jen mentioned, I had some fun experiences at the animation studio. In fact, I got to see uh, some early drawings for some of the cartoons like Pocahontas and Lion King before there was were even movies in some of the pre-shows that were there. But um uh I would have to say I, I'd like the I, I like the uh back tour again. What's it called out? I'm blanking out at the moment. I think it's backlot. Backlot tour. Back I like the backlot tour. I love the going on that ride. You just reminded me of how long that was. And <laughs> I, I actually had a, a a similar I went to the real one over in Universal Studios in Hollywood and comparatively the it, it's sort of like a mini version of what that was like so it's um it was fun it was it was a lot of fun and at the time it was a working studio they were filming the mickey mouse club when i went on and i don't know it was just just a lot of fun to be there i feel like both of these attractions were very much like the epitome of what the original studios mm -hmm. was exactly you know, what was, Hollywood yeah. studios was about with either of these. Yeah. I, I, one of the people who uh, was commenting on Facebook, uh, this guy named Kyle, he told this great story of his first time at MGM studios was on a school trip and he was really interested in animation. And so when they went on the magic of Disney animation, he kind of hung back and uh, he was trying to watch the animators over their shoulders. And I guess one of them noticed and came out of that little fish tank booth that they were in. <gasps> 
and he like you know he basically let the rest of the kids go don't worry you know he'll catch up with you later he brought kyle into that little area wow. and it, like showed him you know oh, here's how we do it and here's what we're working on and he said it had such a huge impact on him and you know now he's still an animator and he kind of credits that moment with like right. it changed his life and sort of made him decide to become an animator so uh, I'm, I'm so glad that so many people had so many great memories of both of these attractions now it wasn't very close as far as the voting went because you know the backlot tour was such an amazing uh, experience overall it got 169 votes in fact of the entire first round that got the most votes out of any attraction so uh magic of disney animation still received 21 votes but it didn't come close to the 169 that backlot tour received so that one moved on to the next round i would like to say really quickly regarding the backlot that area was a lot of fun just to walk through. I mean, I'm not going to say that I miss it that greatly because obviously as a Star Wars fan, I, I love Galaxy's Edge. I love that it, that it's there. But I do miss uh, what it was like to be on those fake... I live in I live near and work near New York. And so to be able to see replicas of my hometown there was yeah. fun. I mean, there's a library that they represented there where my nephew actually used to work at that library. So it was kind of funny to actually see it there. That's <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of attractions that are paired together, uh, the number 10 seed was Universe of Energy and uh, really easy to pair that up with Ellen's Energy Adventure. And uh, I think this is kind of similar to the, uh, the re-theme of El Rio del Tiempo to Three Caballeros. So this wasn't so much a huge change in the attraction itself. It was more like an, a comedic sort of Ellen and Bill Nye and Stupid Judy overlay over the universe <laughs> of energy. So I think a lot of this, for the people that voted, it was based on what tone they preferred. Because, you know, universe of energy was very serious in tone, whereas Ellen's Energy Adventure was very silly, especially the, the pre-show and the actual ride part of it. Uh, personally, I chose universe of energy, but I could not blame anyone for going either way on this one. Okay, first of all, now I want a stupid Judy overlay over something. I don't care what they put it on, but I need a stupid Judy overlay over any attraction in Walt Disney World. Aiden, make that happen. That was a okay. genius, genius <laughs> comment. I need a stupid Judy overlay. Um, so this one was really hard for me because, you know, I, again, being that that Epcot purist, uh, I, I the Epcot purist in me wanted to go Universe of Energy. Um I, I can't remember what those things are called now, but the mosaic tiles the, that mm -hmm. they moved around, uh, the it, it's named after like the Dutch guy that created them or whatever. Right. I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, those things were amazing. But then, you know, Stupid Judy and Jeopardy and, and it, was, it was just so, so much fun. So funny. That was a pre show you wanted you wanted to get get there early to watch that. Yes, show. you didn't want to miss that. Yeah. Listen, so Friday, my family, my kids are 20 and 16 now. So we don't really do a lot of family game nights and that kind of stuff anymore. You know, um, my kids would rather hang out with their friends and stuff than even though I'm super cool. Uh, you know, they'd rather do that than hang out with me. But we actually did like pizza and a game night on Friday. And we played uh, a game called Apples to Apples. I don't know if you are playing it, have ever done it before. It doesn't matter. Um, but we, one of the cards, one of the subject cards that we had to, you know, play with was the Big Bang Theory. And so 
uh, you know, whoever laid that card down said the Big Bang Theory, and I said the piggy bank, and my son goes the ding dang, and <laughs> it, it was just like, you know, I was like, oh my god, that was so <laughs> awesome! It just rolled off all of our tongues because we're giant nerds, and th- that's kind of why I went with this ride, or with why I voted for Ellen's Energy Adventure over Universe of Energy One. My kids grew up with it uh you know so they've done it a million times and but stuff like that i mean anytime and that's just one example but anytime someone says big bang theory i'm always like the piggyback you know and one of my kids will, will bounce back with it so i went ellen's energy adventure um yeah i did too i'm usually a purist with the disney stuff but I love Ellen. This was from when she was a stand-up comedian before she had her TV sitcoms and her talk show. And I love Jeopardy. And, you know, so, wow, the two things combined. And just the pre-show video, it's just amazing. Like, my favorite line is when Bill Nye comes in and Ellen goes, because no one locks their doors in New York. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, great. And my favorite thing about the universe of energy with ever, whichever version it is, is the dinosaurs. Um, I've always loved dinosaurs. And of course, these are replicas of the dinosaurs from the World's Fair, from Ford's Magic Skyway, which were then moved into the Disneyland Railroad in California. In next to the California part, there's a dinosaur part because primeval world so makes sense with California, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, but to have those dinosaurs here and be like, those are the dinosaurs. Because my parents went to the 64 World's Fair and saw all the Disney stuff there. So whenever I was in Disney with my parents, it was like, you know, so cool. Um, and I love the Ellen animatronic when she's with the snake dinosaur and she's like, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use the stick. You know, I mean, they, <laughs> they were just great additions to it that you know you just you didn't have in the original and i don't think they hurt the original at all because hearing about fur coats being in this year in the weather forecast the weather fashion for uh, mammals are wearing whatever i no <laughs> <laughs> i was like where did the ride go so yeah definitely definitely ellen yeah, I'm going to go with Ellen as well. Uh, everything you said, and plus, uh, it, it was just a, it was just fun. It was a fun ride, and and as we mentioned earlier, it's the kind of even the pre-show was something we wanted to be there for just for the laughs. So this was a very close one. Only nine votes separated them. Universe of Energy ended up winning, and most of the people who voted for Universe of Energy mentioned the song. And yeah. of course, a lot of us yeah. are fans of sort of that classic yep. Epcot Center thing of each pavilion having its own original song i don't know about you but i still have my vinyl record of the epcot center album uh (laughs) so yes it it was very close and uh that is what moved on so i am interested in seeing in your next round since you all chose ellen uh how she does in the in the second and third rounds didn't they still include the music to the song though at the end of the ride or something yeah i think when you walked out when you walked out yeah the guy singing yeah 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 All right. So uh, the next matchup we're going to talk about is Snow White's Scary Adventure against the Timekeeper. And uh, 
personally, I wasn't a huge fan of Snow White's Scary Adventures. I, I feel it was a little bit similar to Mr. Toe's Wild Ride, uh, but not as fun. And uh, as a child, I was scared by it. Now, The Timekeeper is something that I personally did not get to experience. But as a fan of Cranium Command, I feel like I would have really liked it because it looks like it was similar in tone. And I like the mixture of... Uh, video with the animatronic. So I voted for the timekeeper in this one. Uh, yes. Yeah, so for me, for this one, uh, timekeeper was great. It was funny. You know, Robin Williams was the, the voice of the animatronic and it was close to around the time of his, uh, you know, his starring as genie and Aladdin and everything. So he was, you know, riding that, riding that Disney high. He was in just about everything. Him and Martin Short were in every attraction in Disney World for a little while. And so it was really funny. And then uh, the the mean lady from Cheers, the little waitress, I can't remember her name, uh, but she was the voice of Nine-Eye. That was the, the video camera robot that gave the nine cameras. So it was the Circle Vision uh, movie. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And uh, but it's probably good it's gone for my family because you know my kids never let me go see those Circle Vision movies. They're like, Dad, I don't care about Canada, you know. So uh, we never go see those. So they probably wouldn't like this one anyway. Uh, but I let, I enjoyed it as a kid. But for me, and I when I say a kid, I was probably in my teens. Uh, but for me, I went with Snow White just because it's that old school Disney dark ride. You know, it's just. Uh, you know, that's the, the classic Fantasyland attraction. All of the Fantasyland attractions were, you know, characters painted on wood, you know, just standing up there, you know, and your car moved around them. But it's still that classic Disney Fantasyland dark ride. So I went Snow White on this one. Well, I should have gone with Timekeeper, but I went with Snow White, too. Um, although I love audio animatronics, not a fan of Robin Williams. Not a fan of circle vision, especially because you have to stand there and stand there. And there's <laughs> enough there's enough walking and standing in Disney already. I like a nice sit down ride. Thank you very much. So that's yeah, Jen, he just those you know. are lean rails. You're not allowed to sit Ooh. on them. They'll yell at you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's leaning doesn't help. You need to sit. <laughs> so not timekeeper. Um, I went for Snow White, as I said, because again, classic dark ride. It's a ride that was in Disneyland, Walt's Disneyland. So that gets my vote every time. I did love um, the fact that the robot itself kind of looked like Robin Williams. I think at the time he was having a riff with Disney and I don't think he went out and admitted or they, I don't think they publicized the fact that that was his voice, but it looked like him and it sounded like him. So it definitely was him. Um, <laughs> I, I missed that. I missed seeing that, but uh, I would have to go with the classic attraction as well. Um, Although Aiden, like you said, I took my uh, young niece on there. She was uh, for her fifth birthday, and she screamed her way through that entire ride. It's not supposed to be that scary because it's Snow White, but it it scared her to death. It is funny that they had to add the word "scary" into the name yeah. of the attraction. Mm -hmm. They're getting so many complaints. <laughs> yeah, and when when you change the name of your attraction and add the word "scary," <laughs> yeah, uh, th they're trying to tell you something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, this is one, uh, it, it wasn't too close. Uh, Snow White's Scary Adventure did beat Timekeeper 87 to 28. So it moved on to the next round. So the next one was a very obvious pairing, and that's Kitchen Cabaret versus Food Rocks. So another one where uh, the, the one replaced the other. 
Now, I'll admit I wasn't a huge fan of either of these. I think at the time I was too young to really appreciate a lot of the humor. I think it was a lot of pun-oriented stuff. Uh, but having watched the videos recently, I definitely preferred Kitchen Cabaret between the two. So for me, the um, I was the, when I saw Kitchen Cabaret, it was my first time there, uh, first or second time, so I was 11 or 12, and it was... It was interesting, but it was like, all right, I already eat my vegetables. I don't need to watch a show about it. Uh, I like broccoli. So, uh, but I remember uh, Food Rocks was, you know, my, my teens, late teens or so probably. So music from the 90s, you know, you get Tone Loke and, and that kind of stuff. So I actually dug Food Rocks a lot. And um, uh, so I actually went with Food Rocks on this one. Love, you know, Bon Appetit or Bonnie Appetit or whatever. Uh, from the original. Looking back on it now, I like I I do enjoy that nostalgia. But uh, I, I I went with Food Rocks on this one just because I'm a you know '80s kid and you know so I was in my teens and my '90s, so that music resonated with me. Well, I picked Food Rocks just because I can't stand Bonnie Appetit. <laughs> I, I I like the food. I liked watching the refrigerator open itself and the food and little eggs rock back and forth and stuff. That part I liked. So that's really all I have to say because they're both pretty similar. And I have to admit that as far as these two go, I was not familiar with either one of these rides. And I went with the ride that I heard much more about, which was Food Rocks. I, I went, I, I'm totally blind guessing on this one. Um, I don't remember either of these. This one was a relatively close one, uh, only 47 votes between them. But in the end, Kitchen Cabaret ended up winning 71 to 24. So uh, in, this is another case where the classic one went on to the next round. This next matchup is similar to the last one. Our number 13 seed is Captain EO and uh, goes up against the one that replaced it in the Imagination Pavilion, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Uh, personally, for me, I was a much bigger fan of Captain EO. And I think it's that thing where uh, I think Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, for me, visually hasn't aged that well because it was using a lot of sort of early CGI, which doesn't look that great now. And uh, whereas Captain EO was much more practical effects, and I really like uh, the the video that they would show in the pre-show of the pre make of the making of Captain EO. And uh, yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. And then I, I also enjoyed it when it came back, and they added a few extra little effects in the theater. So that's why I went with Captain EO. So you're telling me that somebody could not vote for the movie made by George Lucas of Star Wars, Steven Spielberg of Indiana Jones, and then Michael Jackson, who was the biggest star in the world in the 1980s. How does anybody vote for anything but Captain EO? Uh, was it cheesy? Absolutely. It was super cheesy. And, uh, you know, it was you know, using 3D and it was cheesy 3D, you know, that stupid little thing would fly up to you and everything. And, you know, kids would and everybody would start reaching up to grab oh, it. Yeah. 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 Super cheesy. And then, you know, it's like, Hey, did you see the new Michael Jackson video? Yeah. He's in space. I mean, it was just a Michael Jackson video. Like how does anybody not vote for that? So uh, if you were a kid of the eighties, man, you were like Mac, Michael Jackson, Captain Neil. Okay. I'm in. So Captain Neil, come on. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah, 100%. I saw the making of Captain EO on television, jaw floor, like, wow. I thought it was an actual movie. 
because as I said, TV, I saw it. I didn't realize it was just a ride for Epcot. I thought it was an actual new Disney movie coming out. It was so spectacular, the money they put into it. The body cast to lower that lady around, just terrific. Uh, she's creepy as all get out. I love, love, love Michael Jackson. It's got Hooter in it from um, the, what's the cantina? Well, like, it looks like the, the guy. He looks like Max Rebo, yeah. Max Rebo. Yeah. Come on. It's Max Rebo. <laughs> um, and plus another connection to it. I mean, it's a great positive song. It's one of Michael Jackson's best. We should work together to save the world songs that he does and plus the choreography in it is by arlene phillips who choreographed this show about choo-choo trades called starlight express very big in germany bombed over here on broadway tony and i have a secret life as liking english musical theater um so we know her work from that and it, it's just everything it's, there's just nothing bad you could say about it other than maybe cheesy 3d it's just terrific well i obviously my um choice is also Captain Neo, but I will say that uh, Honey, I Shrunk, the audience had its fun moments in it, in particular the the, the uh, times that I was with someone who was unwittingly subjected to the fact that there would be uh, mice let loose in the theater. That was actually a very <laughs> fun experience. But um, but no, Captain Neo. It, Captain Neo was an experience. I mean, when they brought it back, even, it felt more like an experience than even an attraction. It was just a thing that you had to be there and see and feel because now the seats vibrated as well. Mm -hmm. And no one needs to be sneezed on by a dog. <laughs> a giant dog. <laughs> so this one was actually very close. Only 10 votes separated them. Captain EO ended up winning 84 to 74. So he moves on to the next round. Wow. Okay. I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. shocked that it was that close, but I, I think... Uh, some people have mixed feelings about Michael Jackson sort yeah. of historically. So, you know, I don't blame them for for how they feel on that. But I think other people who voted for Captain EO also had mixed feelings about Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and how it was sort of turned into the theme of the most hated version of the Imagination Pavilion. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of contentious arguing in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, but the next one is another example of two very similar attractions, and it is Communicore against Interventions. And this is one where, I'll be honest, I had a bit of difficulty remembering which one was which, because it was, you know, the... the, the uh, you know, the, the attractions that were within this pavilion changed so much throughout the lifespan of each of them that uh, it's hard sometimes to remember, was it one or was it the other? But, uh, you know, all, all the early stuff with the, uh, was it the Astruder computer and, you know, all of those things in Communicore, that's what put it over for me. So I ended up choosing Communicore over Interventions. Uh, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Uh, to me, Interventions pretty much became an advertisement uh basically companies could just come in it was basically them trying to sell you their stuff you know um communicore was what what epcot was in the beginning it was imaginative and it was things that you had never seen before like the first touch screen uh you know i mean we're talking in the 80s like everybody has a touch screen now but in the 80s like you were using a touch screen what mm -hmm. you know uh, and the great big giant sculptures, like, you know, I mean, just it, it just looked like the future. I didn't know what the future looked like, but it was in Communicore, you know, uh, it was just amazing. And then the the original uh, the original store that was in there, you know, um, 
Oh my gosh, it had all the, the Epcot logos. Just again, purist, Epcot purist. Uh, Communicore was awesome. The Studer computer, like you said. Um, uh, I can't remember the the attraction where you used, would go in and you could vote um, uh, with the little things on your chair, on the arm of your chair. I can't remember what that was called now, but that was super cool. Uh, that was over there in Communicore too. Uh, I got to go Communicore on this one. Yeah, me too. I never have used the word innovations. I always have continued to call it Communicore. I mean, Communicore East to Communicore West were the foundations of Epcot. I mean, they were the, um, Aiden used the word earlier, the edutainment. You know, I mean, it just, that was everything. Innovation, Innoventions was just a poor shadow of Communicore. Wow. Yep. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm on the same train. Thanks. Yes, so, and those the monorail was supposed to go through Communicore East and West. That's why the ceilings are so high and hollow and the beams and yeah, that would have been good. Not the monorail. They were supposed to get a people mover. Oh, a people mover. And, uh, oh, yeah. I know it's a something. Something. Yep. Supposed to have there was going to be a people mover and they postponed it and it was going to be in phase two or whatever. And you know, you know how that goes. Yeah, but you're you're right. It was supposed to, they were supposed to have their own people mover there in uh, going through Communicore. So um, yeah, that would that would have been so nice. And don't get don't even get me started that one of those buildings are completely gone now, and oh, uh, and in its place is a garden. But anyway, go ahead, Aiden. Back to you, buddy. <laughs> so only 17 votes separated them. In the end, Communicore went on to the next round. Yay. Uh, so next one is another very similar pairing. It's if you had ring, if you had wings versus Delta Dreamflight. So two sort of smaller omni movers, slow moving indoor dark rides in the same building. Uh, both of them kind of really just uh, a commercial for an airline. So if you had wings for Eastern Airlines, and of course Delta Dreamflight for Delta. Uh, I don't think I ever actually got to go on If You Had Wings, so I've watched the video quite a few times, and I do love the song. Uh, and whereas with Delta Dream Flight, I did go on quite a few times. It was right at the age when I was getting really into that sort of ride, sort of that Horizons age for me. And of course, like Horizons, towards the end, it was sort of a perpetual walk-on because nobody ever lined up for it. And because, of course, with those kind of Omnimover rides that it loads and unloads so quickly that they can really move a lot of people through. Uh, I really love the some of the scenes in Dream Flight. I remember really especially loving the Japan scene. Oh dear, looks like uh, Dewey's power is out again. Oh no! Well, you can finish your your thought. Okay. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the the Japan show scene in there. So personally, because of that, and because of my own. Uh, nostalgic feelings. I chose Dream Flight, but I could certainly understand why anyone would choose if you had wings. I'm trying to remember what the what the main difference between them was. I, I think I, I would have chosen uh, Delta because I think we flew Delta mostly to go down there. <laughs> so that's, that's true. In in all of our trips, we have. Well, my first trip was on back in '85. Was on Eastern. I got my little wings. And I had the misfortune of having to go on if you had wings, had wings, had wings. And, uh, <laughs> so I only chose if you had wings because I don't know the Delta Dream Flight one at all. But really, I'd rather choose watching the pavement. <laughs> I, I feel like 
if you had wings kind of had a bit of a world of motion sort of vibe to it you know where it had like that really repeating song and then based mm-hmm. on which room you're in it yeah would be a slightly different version of it and uh and and i think that both of them really suited the era that they lived in you know dream flight was a, a bit more slick kind of really felt like it belonged in kind of that early 90s sort of aesthetic whereas if you had wings was a much sort of almost a psychedelic similar to like magic journey sort of feel to it yeah i i think i was also very tired when i went on if you had wings which probably made me hate it more it had no Uh audio animatronics in it it was just looking at film that looked like it was from the 70s and it was just like bye (laughs) not my thing Do I just try to get Dewey back? Just double checking. Let's see it's like he's going to try to rejoin. Oh, okay. Don't want to keep you too long, Aiden. Um, oh, that's all right. Yeah. So Tony, did you have a preference between those two? I think my preference would have been Dream Flight only because I remembered that we used to take Delta to go down there. Yeah. So. Okay. Oh, by the way, I like your T-shirt. Living with the oh, land is one of you. my favorites. Yeah, I and, think it's my favorite of the current attractions for sure. Yeah, I, I love it. I love the way you go through the garden. You know the what do you greenhouse area? Just, yeah, I, I love that ride. I've always loved that ride since '85. That that's I always, always love that scene right before you go into the greenhouse you know where it's like uh you know here at epcot you know that whole part mm-hmm. and uh I, I love the sort of there's like a soft guitar music that plays as you're going mm-hmm. through that. and mm-hmm. so i found someone actually took that music i guess the original feed of it and they made like a three-hour loop of just that music and so wow. that's one of my favorite <laughs> things to put on if i'm like sitting outside on the porch you know during the sunset just you know mm-hmm. looking at the neighborhood it's it's a really nice sort of background music to have yeah and um i i miss the fact that they don't have live people on anymore i mm-hmm. liked it when they had the live guides on and yeah. i also like the westward expansion audio animatronics that they stuck in i think right. that's cool yeah that is cool that they just added that and then uh i i also like that they even though it's sort of recorded narration i like that they update it once in a while mm-hmm. like i know during the uh of holi- uh, the holiday overlay they had like special sort of background music and it was really talking about like oh here's you know some crops that people enjoy during the holidays not like if you go during food and wine you know the things that they show are like here is a booth where you can find food that has this particular oh, wow. ingredient in it yeah so they they do a really good job of keeping it fresh and modern throughout mm-hmm. have you ever done the tour the behind the seeds tour no i have not done the behind the seeds tour yeah it's, it's really fun it's worth it it's it's only like an hour an hour and a half or so mm-hmm. so it's a good sort of entry-level tour if you're not sure if the whole tour thing's for you yeah and it's one of those things that you can just kind of like walk up to and find out when is the next one so we, we were really oh. lucky when we went on that i think there were only like eight or ten people on our tour so mm-hmm. we got a lot of time with the uh with the cast member and and i think that a lot of the people who they choose to be in that tour are people who are in the college program who are working in the land pavilion so people that are in like an agricultural sort of major will often go there for a semester and and that's what they end up doing is giving people the tour on the behind the scenes of land yeah it's really neat yeah, no, I I would like to do that tour someday. It's just hard convincing Tony because that's not one of his top rides at all, except okay. if he wants to take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is very relaxing from the moment you get on it. Fine, it's like 
it's like you you know you just had a drink of uh whiskey or something like mm-hmm. it just like calms yeah. your nerves yeah yeah it, 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 it's just everything's so nice about it i love yeah, it yeah totally yeah any word from dewey as he texted yeah, he, he said he's going to try to just rejoin he, he thought it'd be quicker i'm standing by to see if there's any way it it must be rough because I'm sure like his modem or his router or whatever is also restarting, which always oh, takes a while. Yeah. Of course, it waits till we're down to almost our last ones here, right? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, we're we're still in the first round, which is kind of tough with us, you know, having so many, like having thirty-two attractions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple hours in, so I don't know how how you're going to do it if if you're going to be editing it down because I can't imagine you want to have like a four-hour no podcast I'll, episode. No, I'll I'll try to find a, a way. I mean, I think it's been interesting so far. Yeah. Regardless. Well, especially because in that first round, we're kind of talking about each of the attractions. So yeah. the first round's always going to take longer. Or yeah. in the next one, when you're choosing between Skyway and Backlot Tour, you don't have to go into so much detail about what they were. And exactly. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jenny. <laughs> you must be struggling over there. I haven't seen an update yet. I see his picture. Like oh, picture, good. picture, not Coming video, up. but picture, picture. Dewey, if you can hear us, we see your picture, but not your video but yet. Connecting to audio. There you oh, go. There he is. Okay. We didn't pause anything, right? No, we did not. So we we need Dewey to give his explanation. Right. I think I was done. Did it right? Did you pick one of those? No. No, you 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 popped out right when you were gonna do it. So Tony and I did ours, but yeah, you did no, I think I finished and then it went to you guys, and then I think Aiden was gonna move on to the next one. Mm. Aiden, do you remember? I don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we, we were doing Delta Dream Flight against if you had right. wings. So yeah, actually, oh. yeah, Dewey, I don't think you did have a chance to do that. Oh, so so you guys kept going after yes. I yeah. okay, gotcha. Okay. Right. So we'll we'll so um Tony and Jen, you guys went? Yeah, we Yes. Went. Okay. So uh Delta Dream Flight and uh if you had wings. Okay. Mm-hmm. So all right, so then, Tony, here we go. Here's the break. Okay. All right, so this one was a, a lot of, of very similar attractions. I actually, if, as far as my memory went, I couldn't remember which one I liked. Um, and almost, and I actually, I think in every other instance, I had an instant winner or knew in my head which way I was leaning. For this one, I wasn't really sure. I actually went and... And watch some of the videos that uh, that you were posting, Aiden. So, um, 
I actually went with Delta Dreamflight on this one just because uh purely because of the music. Uh I thought that the music was better in Delta Dreamflight than in If You Had Wings. And that's what won it over for me. Um again, very similar attractions, but uh the, the music in Delta Dreamflight, and I actually had forgotten how good the music was, but that's what put uh Delta Dreamflight over for me was was the music. And this one was an incredibly close matchup. It kept going either way throughout the voting time. And uh, in the end, it was, in the entire tournament, the second closest result in which Delta Dreamflight won by only two votes. So, uh, wow. yes, it, it, it looks like it had a significantly more number of votes on Facebook as opposed to the other platforms. So that's what put it over. So Delta Dreamflight moves on to the next round. And uh, now we're at our final matchup of the opening round. And again, two very similar uh, attractions. So it's 16 versus 17, Mission Mars versus Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter. Uh, I really could have gone either way. I, I definitely feel like Mission to Mars was a very groundbreaking sort of uh, attraction when it came out. Nothing like it had ever really been seen before by a lot of audiences. But I also think that extraterrestrial was a really cool way to retheme that exact same uh, technology. Of course, this is the same attraction that was later rethemed into Stitch's Great Escape. Um, and I think I was the right age to do extraterrestrial, where I wasn't really too scared and I was looking for a little bit more of an adult experience. But still, I ended up choosing Mission to Mars because I think I prefer that theme a little bit more. Uh, so Mission to Mars is a great, uh, you know, original kind of era. You know, uh, when Magic Kingdom opened, it was um, to the Mission of the Moon or whatever, Journey to the Moon, and brought over from Disneyland. And then they quickly changed it to Mission to Mars because, you know, by the time Disney World opened, we man had actually been to the moon. So it wasn't, you know, fantastical anymore. Uh, and Mission to Mars was fun, but... Uh, I was, I guess, let's see, 95, I think, is when uh, Extraterrestrial came out. And, dude, that thing was a game changer. Like, that was just something, first of all, you would never think Disney would do, and especially wouldn't do it in the Magic Kingdom. And it was unlike any other attraction I'd ever been on. It was scary. The The special effects were amazing. You know, the sound effects were great. Uh, it was just, it was all around uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic attraction. And then to this day, one of the best things that Disney has ever produced. It was amazing. So uh, I definitely went uh, with uh, Alien Encounter on this one. Well, this was one of my toughest decisions to make. Um, I went with Mission to Mars. I love Alien. Alien is one of my top, most this is terrific imagineering rides that there is the robot in there if he was human he'd be a serial killer and really scary the animatronic that not the alien part i mean the pre-show one that dies poor skippy <laughs> yeah. um he 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 was amazing i love the pre-show video because with the theme of the intergalactic conference going on and the guys trying to talk and the lady's like, er, uh, 
or, uh, uh, you know, and it just lays down the hints that something's going to go horribly wrong without being corny about it. It was really realistic the way that script was presented. I could really see that that would be for real. So I really loved Alien. But in the end, I had to go with Mission to Mars on the tales of Mission to the Moon because that was, as I always default back to, a Walt Disney Land original, which always gets my vote. Lots of audio animatronics with the mission controllers and stuff. So that always gets my vote. And the technology in that, what they were able to accomplish with transistors or whatever they used back then in picture tubes was great because the new restaurant, Space 220, the elevator that you take up, that's the exact same thing as was, was in this ride where you can look at the floor and you saw yourself launching all the way up into space. That They just put that into Space 220. It's like the updated version of it. So I, I have to go with Mission to Mars. Okay. Conversely, because of my affiliation or affection, I should say, for uh, George Lucas, the fact that he actually had his name over an attraction, um, and, and it was a fun and exciting and thrilling attraction at the time, um, I would give this to Extra Tarot Restaurant. I feel like this, to me, seems like a reaction to Universal, you know, based on yeah. what it opened, based on the fact that it seemed like they were trying to counter kind of the narrative that like Magic Kingdom's for little kids. So right. they want to have something that would be better for uh, an older audience. Uh, now, it looks like the followers of my page is actually uh, easily agreed with you, Tony, because uh, Extraterrestrial Alien Encounter won by 41 votes, score of 85 to 44. So that moved on. Now, that concludes the opening round matchups. So here's what's going to happen. Now that you all have your own brackets and they're all a little bit different because you all voted uh, differently in some of the matchups, uh, I'm going to tell you on my page what the second round matchups were, and we're going to go sort of down in order, and uh, you can find the brackets on my pages if you're interested in following along. But meanwhile, for each of you, I want you to tell me on your brackets who is matched up in in each sort of uh, matchup and uh, which of those two moved on. So really, your matchups in this next round and in the following rounds are going to be different from the ones that were on my page. So uh, this should be fun to see how everything kind of differs right now so the next matchup uh based on what moved on was horizons versus extraterrestrial alien encounter and uh no huge surprise on my pages horizons ended up winning this one pretty easily 103 to 25 and for me uh my matchup was the same it was horizons and uh, alien encounter and for me horizons moves on well, I, I cheated because I had Horizons and Mission to Mars, and I couldn't pick between the two of them. And so I went through all the other ones, and it turns out that it doesn't matter what my answer was for this one. So I just wrote a question mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mine was Horizon. Okay. Perfect. So, uh, yes, looks like for most of us, Horizons moves on. The next one in mine was uh, Magic Kingdom Skyway against Studio Backlot Tour. Uh, of course, I was a little bit salty that Cranium Command didn't move on. Uh, so I was happy that uh, followers of my page went with Studio Backlot Tour 22 to 118. So, again, a very lopsided victory. So Studio's Backlot Tour moves on. 
And my bracket was the same as your page for that one, Aiden. So it was Backlot Tour and Skyway. And Backlot Tour moves on for me. Exactly the same thing as Dewey. In my case, I had Skyway moving on. But based on our, our discussion earlier, I do miss the Backlot. But I'm going to go with what I wrote here, Skyway. Nice. Perfect. All right. So uh, next matchup on my page was uh, 20,000 Leaves, which had beaten Magic Journey uh, versus Snow White Scary Adventure, which had beaten the Timekeeper. Uh, I probably would have gone with 20,000 Leagues, but in this case, this was the single closest matchup of the entire tournament. Uh, by one vote, Snow White Scary Adventures ended up moving on. Uh, so 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea did not make it past the first round in my bracket. <laughs> so this was fish Snow White's. Yeah, fish on strings. Uh, it's Snow White versus Magic Journeys. And um, for me, Snow White moved on to the next round. Well, I had the 20,000 versus Snow White and Styrofoam Fish on Strings won for me. <laughs> oh, you're killing me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Humans in tin cans not dying. I love it. <laughs> Snow White's mine. <laughs> nice. Okay. And then uh the last one for this half of the uh the round was Communicore against the Great Movie Ride. Now, this is one of those where I probably would have gone with Communicore. Uh, I do really like Great Movie Ride, but here's the thing. For me, especially in the last few years, it became kind of an optional attraction rather than a must-do attraction, uh, though I did have some really good memories with it, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but uh, it was a very lopsided victory on my page. 140 to 9, Great Movie Ride ended up moving on. Uh, I had the same uh, bracket, Communicore versus Great Movie Ride. And uh, I think it's just because Communicore, even though as much as I loved it, it and when we were visiting Epcot in those years, uh, we didn't go every time because, you know, of course, you had to go straight to the big rides, you know. So uh, <laughs> for me in that one, uh, Great Movie Ride won. I, too, had Communicore and Great Movie Ride. And although Communicore is the epitome of Epcot, the epitome of Walt Disney to me is the Imagineering with the audio animatronics. And also, as I had said earlier, the show building for the great movie ride is a feat of Imagineering. And I also remembered that they had the museum pieces in the beginning of the queue, such as Mary Poppins horse from the carousel. So great movie ride. And great movie ride was always one of my favorite rides at Hollywood studios. Never missed it. So number, number one for me. There we go. Perfect. Okay, so uh, now we're going to the other half of this round's matchups. We have, uh, on my page, we had Mr. Toad's Wild Ride against Captain EO. And uh, in this case, Mr. Toad uh, ended up winning 99 to 34. Wow. So mine was different because I chose Monster Sound Show over oh. Mr. Toad. So it was Captain EO versus Monster Sound Show. And in my bracket, the Monster Sound Show moved on. Wow. Wow. That's, that's surprising. I um, tell you, I loved that one with Chevy Chase and Martin Short. That one was just so funny. Just, I, I really liked that one as a kid. Nice. Well, I had Mr. Toad and Captain EO. And for the reasons that I said earlier about Captain EO, that one moved on. And I also remembered that, um, and now I forgot his name again, the set, oh, Na John Napier. He worked on Captain EO, too. He's done all the big musicals, Les Mis, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, 
Captain EO. And although I like the Drock ride tradition of Mr. Toad, Captain EO. Yeah, and Captain EO, one of my favorites. Wow, that's great. I'm so glad that uh, that we're having some differences in our brackets <laughs> here. Uh, now, the next one is kind of one of those funny ones where, you know, just reading all of the uh, the arguments between Kitchen Cabaret and Food Rocks in the first round, I was laughing because I knew what the next round was going to be. And it really did matter which of the two <laughs> won because it's World of Motion and in my case or on my pages brackets versus Kitchen Cabaret. So in that matchup, World of Motion ended up winning 109 to 33. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, one of the biggest wins of this round. So World of Motion moves on. Well, my bracket was different because I chose Food Rocks over Kitchen Cabaret in the first round. But uh, Food Rocks versus World of Motion, as much as I love Tone Loke or Food Rapper, um, <laughs> you know, I had to go with uh, my all-time favorite attraction, World of Motion. Nice. Yeah, I had World of Motion, Food Rocks, and obviously World of Motion. And I just learned that part of the Westward expansion, there's a couple scenes from that that were in World of Motion, the Stagecoast scene, for yep. example. So, I mean, yeah, hello. <laughs> and World of Motion for me as well. Oh, great. Okay, so we all have World of Motion moving on. Next one was uh, Maelstrom against Universe of Energy. So another couple classic Epcot ones. Uh, you could call it the the deluge matchup because they're both sort of uh, water themed at some point. Uh, and it wasn't too close. Maelstrom ended up beating Universe of Energy 84 to 43 to move on. Wow. Yeah. So I actually had uh, Maelstrom versus Ellen's Energy Adventure in this one. And uh, I, uh, for me, Ellen's Energy Adventure moved on and beat Maelstrom. Yeah, I had the same thing as Dewey, and I picked Ellen, especially because dinosaurs at the World's Fair. Same <laughs> dinos. Gotta win. Oddly enough, I had Rio uh, Del Tempo versus Ellen, and I picked when I did this Rio Del Tempo. That's You're great. in trouble. Wow. <laughs> How and, do you, know, you diss my dinos? <laughs> and part of what's so much fun about doing these sort of brackets is a lot of time it is based on your mood that day. And yeah. if you were to fill it out the next day, you might have a completely different bracket. So it's really fun mm -hmm. when we have such different results here. So we're down then to the Elite Eight. So we have, uh, so it's really the third round of the tournament. So uh, we have, we each have eight attractions remaining. And this is where it starts to get a little bit more difficult. And a lot of the matchups get a little bit closer closer uh so on my hey, pages Aiden, yeah i'm sorry to interrupt you i think you missed one we missed one oh, yeah oh i'm sorry no you're right okay perfect okay so let me head back for a second there so we do have on my pages uh matchup we had delta dream flight against journey into imagination so uh journey is of course a number two seed for a reason and uh it wasn't close as much as i love delta dream flight i would have to admit that journey into imagination that original version was really spectacular and it won 110 to 12 over dream flight so i think this was the most lopsided victory of this round uh yeah i mean delta dream flight was fun but original dream finder and figment and journey into imagination that's a slam dunk that's what i went with yeah one of my memories from my first trip to disney is that he's a figment of your imagination i thought that was so cool so figment all the way yeah, I don't see them selling any Delta Dream Flight merchandise in London, <laughs> so I think we have to go to Journey. <laughs> nice. All right. So, yes, yeah, so that that's solidifies that one. We all picked the same one. So, yeah, now we're down to the Elite Eight, 
and uh, it gets a little bit tougher here. A, a lot more of the fan favorites going up against each other. So this first one was really difficult. And uh, in fact, it was a lot closer than I expected it to be. And it was Horizons against Studios back backlot tour and uh, i think now we're getting into the point where we're putting horizons up against something that is a little bit more recent so as passionate as horizons fans are sometimes it's hard to overcome that sort of idea of recency bias of you know of course i'm going to choose the one that i'm more nostalgic for personally not a question i went with horizons and it did end up winning on my pages score of 107 to 72 so definitely a lot closer than people expected it to be (laughs) Uh, my bracket's the same as your page, Horizons and Backlot Tour, and obviously Horizons moves on. I had my question mark, which is Horizons or Mission to Mars couldn't pick versus Backlot, and question mark one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mine was Horizons versus versus the Skyway and Horizons. Okay, great. So yeah, it looks like uh, we have either horizons or question mark for each of ours. <laughs> and uh, next one was uh, on my page was Snow White Scary Adventure versus Great Movie Ride. Now, even though I said I may have chosen Communicore to go over Great Movie Ride, in this case, I definitely picked Great Movie Ride to move on. And uh, I do have a little bit of a, a nostalgic sort of tie to Great Movie Ride, and that is one of the first trips that my wife and I went on together uh, as a married couple. Uh, we had a wonderful opportunity to attend a private dinner inside of the Great Movie Ooh. Ride. So, Ooh. yeah, so it was hosted by Lou Mangello, who runs oh, yeah. the WDW Radio uh podcast and i think this was in 2012 maybe 2013 and so they had basically it it was one of those events that you always hear about you know they uh they closed the ride early and they took all of the ride vehicles off of the track and so we all kind of we lined up in front of the chinese theater and then they let us in and we just kind of got to walk in through the first scenes which was really cool and then uh we stopped where the uh i I can't remember, was it the cowboy scene or was it the gangster scene, which was first? Maybe the gangster scene? The gangster scene was first. So we went in there and, uh, you know, there was like a, there were tables set up and, uh, you know, we got to meet all the other people that were there. And uh, there was like a buffet for appetizers. So we had our appetizer course in there. And then after that, and it was great because, you know, there weren't any ride vehicles. So it was a very different perspective getting to walk through this area and like take pictures and things like that. Uh, So rather than sitting on the ride vehicles where you're a little bit elevated, it was really neat to see everything at eye level. And then the next room was the, the cowboy room. And so they had more tables set up there and another buffet. So we had our main course there. And then awesome. uh, again, we got to walk through the rest of the ride, you know, walk through the whole Casablanca wow. area and everything. And then uh, we got to have our dessert in the uh, Wizard of Oz, like in the Land of Oz wow. area. And then they actually had like a Glenda the Good Witch character come out to greet us and took pictures. And, you know, I got my picture taken with Lou Mangello, which was a real thrill for me because... It was still kind of early days in Disney podcasting, and that was one of the very first really popular Disney podcasts. And so, yeah, it's just one of those experiences that I'll never forget. And uh, still, anytime I see the Chinese theater, even though it's no longer a great movie ride, I remember that. So no question for me. Great movie ride moves on. And uh, as far as the page goes, uh, my followers also picked great movie ride 118 to 17. So this was the most lopsided victory of this round. Uh, well, wow, that's an awesome story. So, I mean, 
I mean, you walked through the great movie ride. So, uh, you know, those are some amazing memories. That is super yeah. cool. Uh, and, you know, sad it's gone. Uh, great movie ride versus Snow White in my bracket. And great movie ride definitely moves on. Nice. I had 20,000 versus great movie ride. So great movie ride moves on. And your story, Aiden, reminded me of another very terrific thing about that ride was the way the timing worked and the way the story worked that whether you got kidnapped from the gangster scene or the cowboy scene the scene you didn't get kidnapped in still played out all on its own and that was just brilliant the way they were able to make the same show room work as either an interactive one or just all on its own yeah for sure yep genius and for me snow white versus a great movie great movie run Okay, so so far, uh, we have half of our final four, and it looks like they're basically the same for everyone. Uh, let's figure out the other half. So we have Mr. Toad's Wild Ride against World of Motion. Uh, again, this was an easy one for me, if nothing else, because of the fact that if you still want Mr. Toad, you can do it in Disneyland, whereas World of Motion, we're never going to get back, unfortunately. Uh, I still love that whole show scene with the, uh, what was it, the, the carriage that had fallen over and the guy popping his head out of the manhole and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and I, I love that whole sort of part when you're outside and you're slowly moving up through the uh, sort of the, the almost like a, a spiral escalator. So definitely World of Motion for me. Pretty close uh, in the votes. It was 74 to 51 World of Motion moved on. And I'll point out this is the very first of the top four seeds. Uh, Mr. Toad was seed number four that was upset by something that was seeded lower. Uh just slightly lower, World of Motion is a number five seed. So World of Motion had an upset victory then over Mr. Toe's Wild Ride. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm just going to say that uh, I disagree with your seeding on that one. Uh, World of Motion is is top three seeding. Yes. But, you know, I guess I'll let that slot. Uh <laughs> I had Monster Sound Show versus World of Motion in that bracket, and as much as I love me some Monster Sound Show, World of Motion was uh, was a uh, easy easily makes it to the final four. Yeah, I had Captain EO versus World of Motion, and same sentiment as Dewey. As much as I love Captain EO, World of Motion. Now, don't you two kill me here? But I had Captain EO against World of Motion, and I guess because of my. Um, the fact that I went on it so many times and I enjoyed it so much and I didn't get to do the other one as many times, I chose Captain Neo. You don't have to worry about them killing you. I'll do it first. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Jen, how do you stay married to this man? I wonder sometimes, you know? <laughs> I seriously wonder sometimes. Oh, my goodness. So what? there you go. No criteria as to how to vote. So uh, I'm, I'm glad that our, our brackets continue to differ uh and so the very last spot in the final four is going to go between maelstrom and journey into imagination uh again i I was very surprised as to how much people love maelstrom i know a lot of people in the comments said that their family have some really great memories of it of course some of them uh being families of scandinavian descent and uh i know others you know james who runs a page uh, who's very supportive of my page. Uh, he, I know his family has a very close personal connection with Maelstrom, but it wasn't close. Uh, for me, it would have been Journey, and uh, to the followers of my page, it was 115 to 31 for Journey into Imagination to move on. 
So in my bracket, it was Journey versus Ellen's Energy Adventure. And super close, actually, in my mind with those two. Uh, but in the end, Journey into Imagination uh, makes it into the final four, squeaks into the final four, barely making it past uh, Ellen's Energy Adventure. Well, I had the same choices as Dewey, Ellen versus Journey to Imagination. And this was one of my toughest ones. Um, what I finally came down with is I picked Ellen because one, that ride is, I thought they did a great job making it entertaining. They got a celebrity in that it wasn't just, oh, look, here's the celebrity. You know, I mean, the pre-show, the whole thing, they worked that plot in as an overlay so well. Uh, dinosaurs from the World Fair, and what I didn't mention earlier, those ride vehicles. That ride vehicle system is just mind-boggling. It, it's a whole humongous theater full of however many hundred people, and it breaks up into the three sections to choo-choo train around the ride and then go back into the three sections again, which is something that they later copied for the great movie ride, but on a smaller scale. So, um, yeah, it's got it. Got to be the Ellen. Wow. Okay. Well, that's great. So that means that uh, Dewey and I, or Dewey and my page, have the same final four, but uh, but the other two looks like there is a slightly different final four. So that's really cool to see how that's going to work out. Uh, so the final four on my page then are uh, Horizons versus Great Movie Ride, and then World of Motion versus Journey into Imagination. So we'll start with Horizons versus Great Movie Ride. Personally, again, not a question for me. As, as much as I did enjoy Great Movie Ride, I did mention before my last couple of trips when it was there, it became kind of an optional attraction for me. You know, if, if there was, a, let's say, a 20-minute or less queue, uh, I would still go on it, but I wouldn't have necessarily been heartbroken. Though, of course, I, I didn't know that it was going away. Uh, had I known, I probably would have given it a bit more love, but it was definitely becoming one of those rides where I wouldn't have been heartbroken if, if we were going to skip it this time, knowing we'd be coming back again. Whereas Horizons, for me, was one of those, like, ride three or four times per trip. So definitely Horizons moved on for me. As far as the page went, this was a very very close one 166 to horizons to 159 wow. for world of motion uh so yeah just a few votes between them and uh in fact i think if i looked at it here let me see what the how they broke down the voting so uh yeah it Horizons won by quite a bit in uh, in Facebook, and uh, it also won by a good amount in Instagram. But Twitter actually picked Great Movie Ride, so uh, it looks like the the difference was just big enough in the Facebook voting that it ended up uh, choosing Horizons over Great Movie Ride. So that has made it to the finals in both my own personal bracket as well as what the people on the page selected. So uh, I just want to point out that it is almost on on your page, Aiden, and uh, in my bracket. Yeah, uh, it's almost an all Epcot Center uh -huh. uh, Final Four. Um, so if that tells you anything about uh, the mistakes that Disney is making with Epcot Center right now, um, you know, clearly it, it it's it was a it was better in the past. You know, uh, I doubt in 20 years we're going to see Moana Journey of Water making a most missed <laughs> attraction. But anyway, um, so Horizons versus Great Movie Ride. Uh, I mean, come on, that's a no brainer. Uh, Horizons is one of the greatest attractions ever created by any any theme park, any studio, any company. Horizons wins Great Movie Ride 
uh, easily, easily it's rising. Well, I had question mark versus great movie ride. <laughs> and I was trying to figure out what criteria could I use since audio animatronics are my favorite thing. And now I'm coming down to rides that all of audio animatronics in them. And rather than go with personal of I like this figure better than this figure, I thought about the ride as a whole. And I went with the fact of the show building for the great movie ride. When I see footage on TV of the real Grommet's Chinese theater, I can't tell. I think it's at MGM. And so th that was what I used to decide it. So I went with great movie ride. Fair. Yeah. Well, for me, as I keep mentioning, it almost sounds like a broken record. A great movie was one of my fa all time favorite uh, tracks. And I think I even did a show on it here on our on our channel. So um, even though every, all that we've been talking about horizons for the past couple of years has sparked interest in that one. I am going with Great Movie Ride because it's the one I'm most familiar with and the one that really made me fall in love with going to Disney MGM Studios back in the day. Oh, that's great. You know, uh, I, one of the more interesting things that came up during this tournament was one of the followers of my page, Sharon, uh, posted a picture uh, in the comments. In fact, I'm going to put it up to the camera. I don't know if it's going to be able to pick it up, but we'll see. Uh, so you can see here, there's Sharon with her husband, and they were both cast members on the great movie ride and that's where they wow. met and so uh in this picture she's one of the uh you know the people who's sort of operating the uh mm -hmm. the the machine the uh the ride uh vehicle and her husband was the cowboy who would take it over and i asked her how did that work like were you always paired with the same person like if you were if you're working an eight-hour shift with who became your husband was he always the cowboy who took over your ride vehicle? She said, no, it was kind of random. You, you knew at the beginning of the ride that this is, you know, I, I'm going to be the person who gets taken over by the gangster or the cowboy, and this is the person who's going to take it. But it didn't necessarily mean that every single time it was going to be him. So it was really neat to, to learn about that. And she gave me a little bit more information about uh, what it was like to be a cast member on the great movie ride. So maybe that's someone who would make a good uh, guest for your podcast someday. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it looks like we all have uh, a slightly different Final Four going in right now. Uh, now, the the other one then... Oh, did I mention that? Yes, yeah, I did mention it was very close. Horizons did end up going to the finals online. The other half then uh, for my page was World of Motion versus Journey into Imagination. And this was a very difficult one for me. Uh, I love both of them, both real classic Epcot Center ones. Personally, I think I preferred World of Motion between the two of them. Uh, but again, I really love both of them. I, I think for me, I preferred the other stuff in the Imagination Pavilion over the other stuff in the World of Motion Pavilion. So I loved all the image work stuff. I love the, the dancing fountains. I love the 3D movie, whichever one that it is. Uh, so I definitely understand why Journey moved on. And uh, I was a little bit surprised as to how lopsided of a victory it was on the page. So it was 45 votes for World of Motion versus 123 votes for Journey into Imagination. And in fact, Journey into Imagination imagination throughout my page never had even the least bit of a close matchup everything was like like having 45 votes against it from world of motion is the most votes that it's received against journey throughout the entire tournament so uh journey then breezes into the finals to face off against horizons 
so moral to that story is if you want an attraction to resonate with people, just put in a cute purple dinosaur and as its mascot and th then then it'll work. So maybe they should have had a cute purple dinosaur in World of Motion. There you go. There you go. That's what yeah. that's, that's what it was missing. Uh, so my bracket was the same World of Motion versus Journey into Imagination. And as much as I love Journey into Imagination, everything from the building, the mural inside, the queue, the the Dreamfinder and um, uh, Figment. Uh, and it's absolutely positively one of the greatest things that Disney has ever created. Top to bottom, uh, World of Motion is still, uh, to me, just a better attraction. It had, um, I mean, really all the things that Journey had, great music, great story, you know, great narration. Everything's great. But um, World of Motion, I was a car lover as a kid. Uh, you know, even now I'm still a big NASCAR fan and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's why it's, you know, the, the idea of the open road and all that stuff, why it resonated with me as a kid and still does today. But World of Motion uh, makes it through to the, the championship round for me. Well, I had between World of Motion and Ellen's Energy Adventure. And although I've spoken about my great love for dinosaurs, that's just really one very big long scene whereas world of motion is tons more audio animatronic scenes so i went with world of motion nice and uh, world of motion for me also remember it actually took us someplace at the end as well so it, it's hard to uh hard to beat something like that so we'll go with world, world of motion for me. oh that's great so yeah it looks like all of you have a different finals than what the people on my page selected so we're down to the final matchup to crown our own winners for Disney March Madness. Now I'm going to, before I say what the matchup is on my bracket, I'm going to just give a quick recap of how each finalist got there. And I want you to do the same when you give your final matchup as well. So I have Horizons, which in the first round beat Stitch's Great Escape. Second round beat Extra Terrestrial Alien Encounter. Third round, much closer matchup, but it beat Studio Backlot Tour. And then in the final four, it barely beat Great Movie Ride to make it to the finals. And that's going up against Journey into the Imagination, which had a pretty easy path uh, with beating Superstar Television, and then Delta Dream Flight, and then Maelstrom, and then, unfortunately, World of Motion. So my finals ended up being Horizons versus Journey into Imagination. Uh, when I first announced the theme of this year's uh, tournament, everyone was joking, oh, okay, so it's just going to be a big vote between Horizons and Journey into Imagination. So I definitely <laughs> made sure that they were both sort of at the opposite end of the brackets to make sure that uh, there was a path to have this finals. Going into it, I assumed that Horizons would win, just based on any time I post about Horizons, people go nuts for it. But of course, that's also the case for Journey into Imagination. Uh, it was very close. In the end, Journey into Imagination was the 2023 Disney March Madness Theme Park Life champion. It won 168 to 151. So very few votes mm. actually separated them. But uh, yeah, it just seems to me that the people who love journey and figment are a whole nother level of passionate than the horizons people you know some of the horizons people they won on all three social media platforms and they voted on them but any any mention of figment man people went crazy on my page so yeah journey into imagination was the champion this year on my page
I was shocked that Journey won on your page. I was shocked. I didn't think anybody, anything could beat Horizons, but mm. I was shocked. So for my bracket, Horizons beat Stitch, Horizons beat Alien Encounter, Horizons beat Backblot Tour, and then made it to the finals. And then on the other side, World of Motion beat, uh, let's see, Body Wars, beat Food Rocks, beat Ellen's Energy Adventure to get into the final. So my final was Horizons versus World of Motion. And I mean, this is a this this one went 12 rounds, you know, and it was a, a, a battle of juggernauts. And uh, but in the end, World of Motion is my all time favorite attraction. So World of Motion came out on top. It was a was a split decision by the judges at the <laughs> end. But uh, but yeah, World of Motion wins. Nice. All right. So Jen and Tony, over to you. What's your uh, what's your finals? Okay, well, on my one side, I had the great movie ride, which beat out Sounds Dangerous, Communicore, and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. On the other side, I had World of Motion, which beat out to Body Wars, Food Rocks, and Captain EO. Um, when I made my decision, I did it. I said, audio animatronic, cool ride, audio animatronic, cool ride. What differs between these? Again, I went with the show building. So that's why I picked great movie ride. Although while I've been sitting here listening to all of this, I've been thinking about it and there's more audio animatronics and more complex scenes in World of Motion. So I don't know if I would have gone the same way or not, because there still is that great show building with the great movie ride. But World of Motion has much better content. So I don't know, but I came down to great movie ride just based on show building. I'm trying really hard not to make a comment, Jen. You and I have been on the same page for so many I know, things. I know. <laughs> okay, mine was sort of uh, sort of different on the one side, pretty similar on the, on the other. Uh, we had Horizons winning for a, a, a bit, there against Snow White and Twenty Thousand Leagues, and then it, it came down to Horizons versus the Great Movie Ride. And for me, I went with Sentimentality. That was the Great Movie Ride. Equally on the other side, it came down to um, Captain Neo. If you remember, um, I voted that over World of Motion because of familiarity and because I, I really enjoyed that ride. And that was against Journey. That came down to being Ia. And there goes the fire engine again, folks. Sorry about that. Uh, but basically, I, my final choice of all of these came out, and the winner became the Great Movie Ride. Wow. Wow. So Great Movie Ride was your overall champion. Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. So looks like we all have different champions then. So your page, Aiden, was Journey into Imagination. Yeah. My winner is World of Motion. Yeah. Jen, your winner was... Great movie ride, although I, I might, if I was doing this again, I might change that <laughs> over to World of Motion. So on your paper, you know, last time you did it was Great Movie Ride. Yes. And then, Tony, your your final victory was? Great Movie Ride. Great Movie Ride. Okay. Wow. So That's so great. there will be peace at the at, at your house tonight <laughs> because at least you guys had the, 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 the winner was the same. So, okay. Awesome. Awesome.
So that's it. That's the 2023 Disney March Madness. So uh, yeah, last year we did current attractions. This year we did extinct attractions. I'm not ready to announce what 2024 is going to be, but I am happy to tell you it is going to be something different, something that we didn't do the past two years. So that's your little teaser of a preview. So in February of next year, I am going to be announcing what the theme of the tournament is going to be. Now, do you already know, or are you still working on a few ideas? I already know, but oh, wow. uh, okay. th- there is a chance that I may change my mind, but it's something that I wanted to do for a few years. And so I'm hoping that by the time uh, next February comes up, I'll have that many more followers on the page because it's always more fun when there are more people contributing to these polls. So yeah, I'm uh, excited to announce it to you guys first in February of next year. All right. That's awesome. So that was that's a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing this. Um uh, I look forward to it. I knew, you know, knew it was coming again this year and everything. So I look forward to when you announced the the this year's subject matter and everything. And I mean, gosh, extinct attractions. That's right in my wheelhouse. So uh, I love doing this with you and love having you here for the show and, and you doing this with us. So that's yes. awesome. Really appreciate that. Thank you for um, taking a time out for that. And everybody remember to go to Aiden's site, it, which again was theme park life. Mm hmm. Yeah, Park Life is one word, so theme, space, Park Life. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have you on there. So Aiden, uh, whenever I say uh, theme, Park Life, or uh, you guys remember that old uh, Seinfeld episode where Kramer is trying to be an actor and he keeps saying these pretzels are making me thirsty. Uh-huh. And he, he's so he doesn't know which word to emphasize. So he's like, these pretzels are make so <laughs> I feel like that when I'm saying I don't know if I should say theme park life or theme park life. You know, I, I feel like Kramer with the pretzels are making him thirsty. How do you say it? I say theme park life because theme park life park is life. a reference to uh, a song park life by my favorite band of all time, Blur. And so that's where the name came from. So oh. it's theme park life. Theme park life. These pretzels are making me thirsty. That's right. These pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> awesome. So, so that's awesome, Aiden. Really appreciate you being here. This is always a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, so it's awesome to have you here. And because it's yeah. so awesome to have you here, uh, we've asked you to show up today for uh, the last segment of our show. We've asked you to show up today with a question for us for our segment we call What's Your Favorite? So each episode, one of our hosts, and in this case, a our special guest, brings with them a question to ask the other two guys. And since Ron's not here, uh, Jen, since you're here taking taking part in today's episode, we'd love it if you would join us uh, and participate in what's your favorite today. You'll probably give awesome. a better answer than Ron anyway. <laughs> um, so the three of us don't know the question, obviously. Aiden's bringing it with them today. So this week, what's your favorite? Aiden, it's all yours, buddy. So I wanted to pick something that was, you know, appropriately nerdy for, for this group. Uh, and I know that uh, you're all into the little details of the parks. So my question is, what is your favorite parks background music? Now, uh, this doesn't include things like actual songs like Tomorrow's Child or, you know, or Listen to the Land or anything like that. I'm talking about an area background music. It can be an area in, for example, Future World. You know, the uh, one of my favorites is the uh, 
the what it, the interventions area music. So that's when you're you're walking through sort of what used to be called Future World. There's a very specific music loop. I know one that's really popular with people is the Tomorrowland music loop, which still plays to this day. Uh, I I will give you my personal favorite, and uh, again, this is of all time, so it may be an extinct music loop. Uh, I, I did almost say the Star Tunnel music, which is the cue music in uh, Space Mountain, and I also almost mentioned uh, the the music that plays in Living with the Land when you're in that indoor area just before the, uh, the greenhouse, sort of that soft guitar music, but in the end, I went with the music that would play in the hour before Illuminations, Reflections of Earth around World Showcase Lagoon. So it was a very, uh, a, a kind of a uh, quirky sort of music loop that had a lot of kind of international sounding music. And it just brings back for me a lot of memories of hanging out in World Showcase Lagoon, sort of having dinner, kind of getting a few drinks before last call. Uh, and uh, it was about an hour long music loop. And uh Geez, I guess you could also add in the actual soundtrack to uh, Illuminations if you wanted to and, and the music that plays as you're walking out of the park. But for the most part, it's that one hour. And if you look for it, you can find it on YouTube. It's one of my favorite things to put on on like a Saturday night when we're, you know, making dinner and stuff like that. So that would be my answer. Aiden, great question, first of all, and great choice. I tell you, I love the i love your your choice the, the the right before i always you know would call it reflections of earth even though it's changed now um but i was there just last week and i stayed for um harmonious because i'd never seen it before and i was very happy at, that i was as i was sitting there listening waiting for harmonious to start they still play um there's some new stuff mixed in but they still play that uh that music from around the world that you're talking about and i always love how it rises to a crescendo right before it's like it right before reflections of earth would start and you know the, the torches would come on and everything like that music was really furious and fast and lots of drums and, and everything so love your choice that's amazing um and they do still play it or at least they were before harmonious i don't know what plays before i've caught forever um guess I'll find out in June. But uh, for me, what I turn on the most, uh, and I play it in my office at work, you all know I'm a teacher. So most of the time I'm out in the classroom, but I always have music playing in my office. And uh, and you mentioned them both, to, uh, not Tony, you mentioned them both, Aiden. Uh, what I put on in my office the most is the Interventions Loop and the Epcot Entrance Loop. Mm. And I always, I don't play the the newer epcot uh i mean it's still okay it's still pretty good there's some good stuff in it in the epcot entrance loop that they play now but uh i always play the stuff from like the 90s and early 2000s those entrance loops so interventions plaza loop and the uh the epcot entrance loop those two are probably the, the greatest hits for me uh that i listen to okay i have a kind of quirky one because it's probably pretty obvious but I have special reasons for it and that's the Main Street music loop because it has songs in it from Hello Dolly and 
both my mother and I were big, well, me are, she were, uh, big Michael Crawford fans. He's the guy who was the original fan of Phantom of the Opera, but also on a Disney level, he played Woody in Condor Man. Terrific, terrific movie. Um, which, another piece of trivia, is the favorite Disney movie of the guy who played the genie on Broadway in Aladdin. Anyway, uh, so I used to love hearing that. And I thought that was perfect for the Main Street turn of the century setting, because that's as far as I know, when Hello Dolly takes place as well. And then a couple years later, all of a sudden out comes Wally. And what's in Wally? But Hello Dolly. And you actually hear Michael Crawford. He's the one you hear singing when you listen to Wally with the Hello Dolly. And I was just like, that's amazing because Hello Dolly's been on Main Street all these years. And now suddenly it's in the Wally movie. So uh, that's that's mine. My my favorite attraction uh, music isn't exactly what you'd think, considering, you know, obviously uh, my fandom with things. I actually like the music from Soaring, especially when you are... Um, uh, in that queue, I, I do, we were just watching someone go waiting online to go on it, and then after you saw the ride itself, I, I love the the feeling that that gives you, um, especially as it as it's going through. So I think that attraction music uh, uh, for something that's more recent um, is something that that touches me and makes me think of 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 Disney and and that area. You're right; they do such a good job of that one with sort of doing like a version of the Soren music in the queue, mm -hmm. and then a slightly different version as you're walking out of it. Like I think that it's uh, it's really a relaxing version of such a like a, a big sort of orchestral. Yeah, the orchestral piece, and it actually feels as if you are soaring uh, over whatever it's going through. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, those are great answers. All right. So that just about does it for this episode of the WDW Reflections podcast. Jen, wife of Tony, thank you for being part of the show today. Thank you. Thank uh, you for adding me, letting me join I, you guys. Oh, Good gosh. Time. you've uh, I've decided that um, you're my, my new BFF. So um, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. awesome. We, we need to go and do the parks together. Me and you can go be super, super <laughs> Epcot nerds together. Mm -hmm. That'd be yeah. awesome. Sounds so, great to me. Um, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for uh, being a uh, being better than Ron. Ron, <laughs> I think you've been replaced. Yeah, uh, I've anyway. actually been on the rides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired! <laughs> That's awesome. Bye, Ron. Nice knowing you. Hope you enjoy your cruise. Uh, Aiden, thanks for being a part of the show again, man. Uh, you and I talk uh, not all the time, but we talk relatively frequently mm -hmm. on. Uh, uh just chatting about things that are going on on your page and stuff so uh i appreciate your um your support of the show and i uh, appreciate you being here and letting us kind of steal some of the thunder of uh, uh what's fun for your for your page every year with the disney march madness bracket challenge and um you know just thanks for being a friend of the show and thanks for coming and spending like the last two hours with us recording this episode yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to coming back next year and doing it again. Absolutely. Sounds Absolutely. Great. All right. So please find and follow us on all our social media accounts. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at WD Reflections, WDW Reflections Podcast, and on Twitter at WDW Reflections. This podcast can currently be found and played on many podcast platforms. And we'd love it if you give us a listen and then go give us a a follow on your favorite podcast provider 
And if you love the show, please leave us some feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those feedbacks help the show reach, reach a larger audience and helps us grow. Make sure you check out all the new website stuff going on over at www.reflectionspodcast.com. And don't forget, you can always message us from any of those social media accounts, or you can email us at wdwreflectionspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please keep coming back and listening to the show because we truly appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for reflecting on Walt Disney World memories with us on the WDW Reflections Podcast. See you real soon.